0: hey there i'm the accidental monster
1: and i'm eternally mortal
0: and this is the hidden egg podcast where we talk about vulnerability and stuff and things clickety 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 there
1: welcome back thank you for coming (laughs) back we're so glad to have you here
0: oh right uh and so this week's uh stuff and things
1: (laughs) the comments from last week's episode right
0: yes perfect i'm a little tired <laughs>
1: no worries this is our awesome podcast uh but um the first comment that i got on my list here is from dennis Gorbanov. thank you very much
0: he pointed out this is our 13th episode or that was our 13th episode and it now was. we're on our 14th episode mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: a lot that's and a lot uh of
1: episodes. called us out for being product for being productive called us out for productivity that. <laughs> and that's a. Uh, thanks we appreciate that
0: rc hammond uh thanks for the mention Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. thanks rc and then we had carrie who was excited to get to it commenting before um and before even listening thank you carrie you're such a sweetie
0: yeah and and she doesn't say this in the comment but um i saw one of her articles recently she finally got an apartment she's definitely nice. what, what she's been kind of life getting away from her is that she's been trying to get into this apartment for like I don't know I want to say two months but maybe that's just me being ridiculous but it's been a while Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh and it seems like that's coming to an end now with a happy ending and I'm really happy for Carrie.
1: That's awesome Carrie. Uh, We're so stoked. I hope it continues to bring you smiles.
0: And then Sierra with another epic comment which yep, yep really helped like i i loved his world uh his 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 autistic world imagining
1: yeah because a lot of the comment had to do with um in the last episode um tam mentioned what it would look like you know what how uncomfortable it might be for neurotypical people if the world was designed by and for autistic people and uh Ciaran gave us a little peek at his idea of what in a, a world by and for autistic people would look like and uh it was it was very good. I actually am kind of inspired to potentially see if I can. Get a lot of answers to that question. What, mm. what would the world look like if it was? Tailored towards your comfort specifically. In, yeah, in, in any individual. Um, I think that might be a really interesting, like huge art project. But, um, I don't know if I'm actually going to remember to do anything like that, but see you there. Thanks for the comment, as always.
0: Hey, you know, on that note, if anybody listening wants to write in, I will leave a link to one of uh, kind of my my commenting email because um, I would love to collect those and and then maybe do an episode about the different mm-hmm. the different things. Let me know if we can use your name. You know whatever name you send with it but or if you want to be anonymous let us know that too but i would really love to collect those and yeah
1: that'd be super interesting
0: kind of build a world that's just tailored for everybody
1: right (laughs) um and no pressure of course if you're interested awesome if not no big no big we appreciate you either way
0: and then we've got you good uh and and she she kind of gave a little bit of insight on complaining a little bit, that maybe because because last week's episode was about complaining, mm-hmm. that maybe maybe it's a confidence issue. Maybe maybe complaining happens for validation, and I don't know if it always does, but I know that there are some moments when I complain that like she said because i question my own intentions and i want somebody to tell me whether i'm right or wrong for feeling the way i feel
1: it's it i think that for some people a lot of the, a lot of the complaining that they do is for for validation i think that there are people that complain for other reasons as well but because i've seen people that you can justify them to their faces while they're complaining and they don't give a fuck what you say they just keep going it doesn't matter <laughs> um but yeah, I think that it is something like that. Um, and uh, thank you, Good, for sharing your perspective on the on the on the uh, situation as well. We appreciate that so much.
0: All right. Um, so we're also in the Discord channel thingy, which some of our listeners may be listening to this on Spotify and don't know that there's a Discord. So i will put that into the description if anybody's interested in the future because technically you could be listening to us live yay
1: yeah if you wanted to i don't know why but if you wanted to (laughs) you're more than welcome to absolutely
0: well the why is because we have um we have a, a chat thingy that people could text us things while we're talking
1: yep that's true also, we do kind of, you know, flip it on a few minutes before we get started so you can listen to the some behind-the-scenes crap if you wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
0: oh, and we may start doing pausing when we have to pee in the middle of the episode.
1: Yeah. Piss break might be a thing. might become a thing.
0: And so that might be something that um, the people in the voice channel get to experience because right. we can't pause not live. Like,
1: not like the piss itself just the break while we go to another room to do that
0: yeah the computer's not in the bathroom so amazingly yeah
1: i know it's an odd um decorating choice but anyway
0: anyway so this week we're talking about abuse
1: yes this week we are talking about abuse and we do not have notes
0: no no notes but abuse is like the big one for me I feel like for vulnerability, it is the big one also because it's the reason why people aren't naturally vulnerable because right. we are naturally vulnerable when we're born and abusive behaviors, not necessarily that the people using them were abusers, but abusive behaviors little by little, like teaches us to not be so vulnerable anymore.
1: Right. Absolutely. It, it sort of beats us into not being vulnerable anymore. Yeah. And from certain perspectives, i.e. like um, uh, toxic masculinity perspectives, like it beats the weak out of you. Like they want to... A lot of dudes in the 80s and 90s kind of wanted to be abused so they'd be tougher.
0: It's yeah. It's real sad. Yep.
1: I don't like that shit. makes me unhappy.
0: And and let's, let's be clear. This is not the same as the like sexual kink of sadomasochism BDSM you do you man if that's what you're into I I, I don't know if psychologically it's linked in some way but it's consenting and that's all that matters abuse in, in the real world isn't consenting nobody consents to being shit on nobody like <laughs>
1: You just there's no sentences you can put there will no, no. actually because like outside of to a it.
0: sexual thing,
1: <laughs>
0: nobody's really nobody really asks to be insulted or put down, as a general rule.
1: Even that is a little bit. But the point is that like people do the people abuse people without consent. If you anything that two consenting adults do, with each other, I don't care. Have well, fun. the
0: BDSM is between two people who have. You know, they're building their own in- intimacy, and they can be building it through those insults. That is a thing that happens. But when somebody insults them that isn't part of that pair or whatever, you know, if they have multiple partners, it's not a part of their nesting group or whatever, mm-hmm. it's not okay. Right. And that, you know, that's kind of where we're we're looking is, is that, that range of not okay.
1: Right. I, yeah, exactly. Abuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: off to a great start
1: i know we're doing fantastic <laughs> we just need to figure out how to start well okay so
0: oh have we not started we're already starting really
1: yeah we just got to start walking in a direction i mean
0: oh well i mean there's so many different kinds of abuse there's so many different because like there's there's like what you think of as traditional physical abuse right and then there's from what I've gathered, emotional abuse and psychological abuse are two different kinds of mental abuse.
1: Okay. But well, I can accept that. That's just, def- that's just definitions, though.
0: Well, psychological abuse <laughs> is different in the fact that it doesn't use your emotions. It, it, it kind of skews your sense of right and wrong. Mm. So, like, um, oh, what was it? Somebody, like, I, I read somewhere that they, they like, gave examples so, like, if you get burned with a cigarette.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like, every time you fart. Uh-huh. That, that is psychologically abusing. Because it, it, it forms a different view of what's right and wrong. Like, you're, you're the scale of, of of what you're punished with versus what you've done becomes imbalanced in a way that your brain struggles to cope with it's not an emotional thing you're not like i mean there's probably emotions in there Mm -hmm. but it's 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 more that it's uh that it's skewing your brain's ability to process normally right because this doesn't you know your brain's just like this this doesn't seem right but your brain doesn't do that when you're in an abusive situation because it adapts, so it doesn't realize that it's not right. It's just adapting to the scenario.
1: Right. You're getting multiple stimulus that is teaching you something that is not going to be true outside of that situation that's teaching you that. Right. And so, when and if, hopefully, you get rescued from that horrible situation, your brain is going to take a while rewriting so that you don't think that every time you fart you're just expecting to get burned by a cigarette.
0: Right. Whereas emotional abuse is more like Like a guilt trip. That would be an emotional abuse.
1: Right. Emotional abuse is if you don't do what I want then you're a bad friend and I'm going to hurt myself.
0: Right. Right.
1: (laughs) So uh, belated trigger warning in just about (laughs) every capacity possibly. I think part of the reason why, why I'm a little nervous about talking about this is because of all the potential triggers that exist in here. Because so many people have been abused. So many people have abused others. And talking about it pulls up that pain yeah. whether you have been abused or abused others likely you've done both
0: yeah I haven't even said the, the, the two hardest abuse categories
1: right SA
0: what oh th- that and, and 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 children child abuse
1: child abuse yeah
0: <clears throat> and those if you don't th- know what th- SA means it's sexual abuse just for reference yeah yeah those two are especially difficult not just not to say that any abuse is easy they're all difficult but when you mingle when you when you make sex into the abuse it becomes something different and if children are involved with any of the three it becomes something like i mean if you're listening you're probably already just like Ugh like you feel it itching all over your skin thinking about children being in an abusive situation it's it's just bad nobody likes that
1: of course although you know depending on on your age every child in the 60s and 70s was probably being spanked on a regular basis or slapped when they did something wrong the whole children should be seen and not heard sort of thing like children's autonomy has actually come a long way in the past couple of decades and there's a lot of parents that are still upset about that saying like we should still have the ability to control our kids and only only expose them to what we want to expose them to
0: there are still I, i believe there's still 12 states where hitting your kid is still legal it's not considered child abuse
1: right exactly and there may be people listening to this podcast that are like sometimes you got to hit your kid that's how kids that's how kids learn and if that's your perspective i'm not going to try and change your mind but
0: i, I will please science know, science please
1: has know, other plans disagree. i do not agree
0: science says that children who are spanked grow up to be they have a lower iq they have a lower eq which is emotional uh, intelligence and Not only do they have more violent tendencies, but they also fail because of their lower EQ. They fail to fully express themselves. They have less satisfying lives, and they're more likely to have mental illnesses. There is no reason we can't teach our kids with words and intelligence instead of with our fists. Right. Or or an open hand, you know, if you're going to make that argument. Open hands aren't better.
1: No. No. It's not because
0: the people that love you shouldn't be the ones bringing you pain
1: well uh on purpose so to, to love is to invite pain as we we've talked about on this podcast before if you love someone that's really allowing so that someone to like if they hurt you're going to hurt too there's a pain that's associated <laughs> yeah but you with don't
0: love. mean to hurt people in that, that sense it's people. not a it's not a thing you do out of anger or some sense of of justice because you farted you it's know not intentional or something pain, right yeah it's it's the intentional part that makes it wrong and I don't I don't I just don't think that I don't think that hitting your kid is necessary I think that people in general are smart enough that you can reason with them in other ways and if you're talking about a child that's young enough that can't be reasoned with I don't think that hitting them is really the best idea either because a two-year-old is just going to keep doing two-year-old things. Yeah, and it, it should be okay for them to do those things. You put them in an environment where they can do the things that they do safely. That's part of being a parent.
1: Right, absolutely. And even a two year old is still an autonomous, separate human being. Sure, they need you for everything. Every. Every, thing, but <clears> that's <throat> it's a whole separate person, actually and truly. Anyway, um, so instead of saying things about science and potentially bringing on quote-unquote intellectual scientific debate and about something that shouldn't be debated from our perspective at least
0: i'm sorry maybe we... no, no 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 no, i
1: wasn't trying to dog you for saying that or judge you for saying that i was just i was thinking about it i'm super uncomfortable even just talking about this so i was thinking what if like i've been trying to push for us for this podcast a lot we share our own vulnerabilities about abuse oh hmm maybe just our stories about how we've been abused in certain ways in the past. Okay. Um, It's one of those things that's going to be still a little difficult because, like, everyone's perception is different. And so when I talk about the ways that I feel like I've been abused, other people may not think that that's abuse. that's valid. You can believe however you want. We all have different perspectives and there's nothing wrong with that. But I will share with you what I feel about my experiences. And him you can do the same if you wish
0: well you know i have that whole autistic thing of you know words have meanings and definitions and abuse is abuse like uh-huh. if it is under the defined umbrella of what abuse is then it is abuse and if it's not then it's not abuse
1: yeah i just know a lot of people that have fought based solely around trying to determine what the what their personal definitions of abuse are hmm. one person has one definition one person has another and then they just fight endlessly about what is abuse and what isn't
0: i have found the hotline.org to be a fantastic research uh, or a resource of of definitions because they have they have they have several different types of abuse to find because there's there's financial abuse did you know sure financial abuse is, is a type of abuse too yeah i didn't uh, add that in there's a lot of different kinds of abuse and they are really good at defining what those look like what they you know would look like from the outside and from the inside sometimes and different I I don't know I I remember the first time I went there and I was like holy crap I didn't even know all these things were abuse I thought they were normal because that's you know that was my experience right (laughs) so yeah listener the i don't i don't feel like i need to spell that out right uh, uh
1: i am going to recommend putting that and a few other things into the article actually
0: oh so i should probably write that stuff down then.
1: maybe we can i can put it on my phone notepad or do you have something
0: i have stuff i have stuff someone... i don't need to give
1: you homework though with the article i feel bad now but um but we're talking about abuse.
0: Yeah, it's and a big you know, one.
1: You know what a you know what a really important thing I think to mention is what? That there are abuse hotlines and websites if you are in a situation where you can where you don't feel like you can escape, where you're
0: Well, that's what trapped. the hotline.org does. That is uh, for the for America anyway, for the United States, the hotline.org is our national abuse hotline. They have a phone number, they have a website, they even have the ability Sounds like a commercial, but they even have the ability to, if you are in a position where you are unsafe, they have a button on the, on the site that you can push that'll leave it'll leave this website and go someplace else and erase its own history, so that if you're in a situation where your your phone history isn't even safe, it will protect you. Good. I I, I think.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, the features are unimportant, but like you know, us making sure we put
0: Being... something. Be in an abusive situation and then tell me that That's those are important. That's not what I meant by my <laughs> statement,
1: but I know what you mean. Absolutely, it's a wonderful feature on the website, and I think that it's great that they're doing that. But us pro- pro- posting resources for people that are uh, that are being abused that can't get out of it, I think is the best, absolute best thing we can do with this. Because there are people out there that are being abused right now that do not have an out from their perspective. They just have to survive with it for the rest of their lives from their perspective. And it's tragic. I hate that, because I wish we could all just be nicer to each other and stop abusing, if we could. Anyway. um, So yeah, maybe there's got to be some sort of, like, international um, resource as well that has listed for all of the countries that have that kind of support network set up. I'm sure that there's countries that don't have that support network set up, and that's fucking tragic, too. I'm mumbling again. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) um
0: yeah this is a it's a heavy one like no matter where we go with the idea of abuse it becomes extreme it becomes heavy it becomes hard
1: because the problem a lot of times the problem with abuse is that there's long-term relationships you're not usually abused by some asshole you met at the bar unless he punches you
0: i mean you are but you don't feel like it's a problem because you can just not talk to that guy again.
1: Right. You don't have to care about what that person thinks, typically. And sometimes, some people have a hard time... I can't do that. Like, some people have a hard time with uh, letting go of things said to them. Certainly, that happens a lot, too. But, I mean... A lot of the horror stories of abuse are bosses that abuse their employees for a decade, that are partners that right. abuse their their partner for decades, or their, or their partner and their kids for decades, or all kinds of stuff, like, that's just very long-term. It's just very, very much one of the most horrible examples of someone stealing the autonomy of others.
0: Well, were we going to do our personal stories, or did you want to take a break?
1: Um... We are at about the halfway point. I don't have to pee, though. I don't either. So, let's just Keep not going. worry about it for now. Let's go ahead into personal stories. Do you have a personal story for just to share to begin with?
0: Um, I do. I, when I was thinking about the podcast last night, trying to go to sleep, <laughs> cause as you do, um, I, I was actually thinking about how, like, I was thinking about what, Instances I have had of physical abuse. And one of the most horrific ones... I haven't had a whole lot of physical abuse in my life. So first and foremost, that has not been a big thing for me. Most of my abuses have been psychological or... Well, most of them are really emotional. Mm -hmm. But there was one. And I, I, I feel a little bad about saying it because it involves my stepdad I mean. but like so I don't I don't bear him any ill will but he was going through a really emotional part of his life and was really angry during this this period of time and I don't know what was going on I was like maybe 10 or 11 there's no way I had any idea of what the hell was going on but it was the one and only time he spanked me Mm. And my mom had been, you know, she raised me with spanking my whole life. And I, we already went through how I feel about spanking. But when he did it, and I remember, I remember, so it was me and my step, uh, my stepsisters. And we were all sleeping in the same bedroom. One of my stepsisters and I, we slept in the same bed. And we were just giggling. It was like a Friday or Saturday night or whatever. And we just... We were not going to bed. We were just giggling, and I think one of them was like farting or something, and it was just funny. And I think at some point, like they kept, the adults kept telling us to go to sleep, and they were getting more and more angry. And one of my stepsisters, I think, said something snarky, but I don't remember like what it was. And I could be making that up. Maybe, maybe she didn't. But it was so like her if she did. And, and after that, I, because I, I feel like that's what was the trigger to it he came in and started smacking everybody's butts and i don't remember like i i have vivid memory of being like a little kid giggling with the sheets pulled up to my neck just you know trying really hard to go to sleep despite the fact that we were all just giggling about whatever and then suddenly i was on the reverse side with my face kind of, you know, pressed into the pillow, and him smacking my butt. And it was unlike any feeling I had ever felt. It hurt my bones through my entire body. The, despite the fact that he was only smacking my butt, which was the appropriate quote-unquote place to spank your child. I felt it everywhere. I felt it in my brain. It hurt everywhere it did not feel like spanking it felt like he was beating me Mm -hmm. even though it was the same action as what my mom did it was like all of his rage went through his arm and i was not i was a kid i was a little girl and he was a grown-ass man Mm -hmm. i remember i don't remember if it was if it waited until I talked to my grandma or if I actually was able to talk to my mom the next day, but whatever the case, I I basically was like, if I need to be spanked, it should be you. And I was really concerned about like I, I felt really bad, the survivor's guilt kind of thing, because it didn't save my stepsisters from that. No. And I was but I I didn't know what else to do, you know. Like, part of me was like, I want them to not have to go through this either. This isn't... This isn't... What's the word? What's the word when they... Punish... It's not punishment. It was... It was just... It just felt cruel. Mm. I'm like, I don't bear him any ill will. He stopped. He never laid a hand on me again. He dealt with his anger issues and, you know all that but I could see from that moment if that were my experience every single time I did something wrong that would be horrifying that is yeah. that is the experience I pull from when I think about people who go through abuse yeah and I know, for me, it was just the once, and super lucky that I never had to deal with that again. I was spanked by my mom before and after that. Sure, sure. So it wasn't like I wasn't spanked at all, ever. But but that, that was a, a unique experience with spanking that I had never experienced before and never have again.
1: Yeah, I understand. I'm glad you didn't have to experience one of that. <clears throat> right. Well, it sucks to you to experience it in the first place. Yeah, I don't even know what I can talk about.
0: <laughs> well, you you went on the other side of abuse, in into that shadowy realm that people often ignore because it is neglect.
1: I know. I was actually thinking about neglect. Like, how do I, how do I,
0: how do you show something that an- isn't there? Anecdote about that.
1: Like, the closest I could come up with was that there was a time when I was somewhere between. 7 and 11 years old and my parents um, played the card game Bridge in like a league I don't know how that shit happened in the goddamn 80s but like in the 80s or 90s they <laughs> were weird. in a Bridge League where uh, other couples typically would come over and play Bridge with my parents and my mom and dad were on a team and then the other two people were on a team and since, you know, it was moderately middle-class white folk, the a lot of them had kids, too, and so their kids would come over, and I would have a friend for, like, four or five hours while they played bridge.
0: But this was in the 80s. You weren't even 10, right?
1: I, I don't remember if it was the 80s or 90s. I just I just gotcha. said a random decade. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, one of those kids, I don't remember the name of, uh wanted to see bits of the house and so like walked him around and showed him shit and my parents had this old hot tub in the basement it was real creepy for me as a kid that didn't work and he wanted to turn it on which was impossible i didn't know anything about it but he wanted to like go start flipping switches and i'm like no what are you doing no (laughs) the obvious monsters that live here are going to kill us (laughs) why are you doing this And my parents also had this like old uh, Cadillac, not like a classic Cadillac, because my dad doesn't have classic cars. He just has older cars that he likes to keep moving. And so there was this white Cadillac that we had that we occasionally drove every once in a while. And this kid knew, found found out about it. I don't know, maybe I said something about it. I have no idea. He decided that we should take it and drive. Before I was, I'm pretty sure I was less than 10 years old.
0: I mean, it's pretty clear that that kid was abused in some way. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm getting (laughs) getting into why this is neglect. (laughs) Because, like, it was me that stopped that from happening. At the same age as this kid. It was my responsibility that decided that it wasn't going to happen. Because I could have very easily gotten the keys and gotten in that car and drove away at any time. I knew how to do all of these things. And my parents probably would not have noticed... And it's the only way I can explain the neglect because, like, I was with a stranger and I could have done just about anything. And the reason for that, from, you know, protecting my parents' perspective, is that they never really needed to pay that much attention to me. I never really required a lot of extra attention. The only time that I required extra attention was at the dinner table because I was picky and didn't like certain foods. And so they would just make me sit at the kitchen table until they got bored with watching me not eat and said I could go to bed.
0: I have to, I have to disagree with you there. I think you did need the extra attention. You just didn't know how to demand it. You weren't demanding that extra attention. And that's not the same as not needing it. That's just, you know, you not knowing how to ask for it. <clears throat> just because you don't know that you need it doesn't mean that you didn't need it
1: i mean sure but like i had no idea how to be aware of it or to ask for it and everything like that and it probably messed up you know my ability to help raise the kid that i've helped raise (laughs) also in certain moments but i I don't i I don't know how to describe it it's difficult to figure out because like my parents hung out with me like friends would like dad wanted to do certain things like show me stuff on the computer or work out or like do stuff around the house to make the house better and I don't remember doing anything with mom as a kid except for like watching shows occasionally Um,
0: and that's that's the the difficulty with certain kinds of, of Like neglect in general as an abuse is that it's difficult to pinpoint, especially for the people who has the people that have been abused because abuser like abusive victims, um, they normalize the abuse, and when it's neglect, it's an absence of something. And so you've normalized an absence of something as if that something doesn't need to exist.
1: Basically, yeah.
0: And so, how do you identify this thing that you've already decided doesn't need to exist? Right. It doesn't need to exist, so there's no void in you to notice for yourself. It's only when somebody looking at you sees that there's this void where, like, I don't have that void, but you do, and you're just coping with it. Like, you know, it's like have not having. It's like not having a pinky toe. You know, you've you've adapted to not having a pinky toe to the point where it doesn't really feel like you needed one to begin with, and you you don't even notice that you were supposed to have a pinky toe. But then I come along and I'm like, I have a pinky toe. You're supposed to have a pinky toe. Why don't you have one? You know, it's Judgmental. kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, I accept I'm that too. you don't have a pinky toe, but there's something <laughs> that made it to where you didn't have one. You right. know,
1: I do have my pinky toes.
0: Yeah, we do have pinky toes. I'm just I was using a, a oh, metaphor no, I'm sorry, to I'm just help. Well, but neglect is just it's difficult. It what is. I remember of your of your stories that the only thing I can think of right now is when you had told me that your parents didn't really feel like any of your relationships were real. Like they just kinda poo pooed all of your relationships as being inconsequential, puppy love. They didn't crushes.
1: I barely had any relationships to speak of
0: okay fine whatever your feelings yeah your feelings were minimized
1: well, what i mean by that is that like i'm gonna have struggle to not accidentally mention names here but um my first post-pubescent girlfriend when i was 14 in uh, freshman in high school once we became officially boyfriend girlfriend my parents were my mom specifically was all about you know giving us rides wherever we wanted we could hang out we made out in my basement like and that probably was not cool to just leave 14 year old pubescent 14 year olds to just go into a dimly lit basement by themselves and watch hot sexy teen movies like not a great idea well depending on how you think about it because i don't really i don't know it's hard to really i don't i don't like to reduce the autonomy of anybody but um When I had an official girlfriend, they were into it, but if I didn't have that official girlfriend, if we weren't officially dating, if I just had a crush on somebody, then it didn't matter, it wasn't a thing, that there was no interest in it. Anytime I was feeling feelings that they'd already heard about, it was just boring.
0: Could you imagine somebody doing that to a teenage girl? Yeah. Oh my God, that would explode. That teenage girl would, would go to the ends of the earth, nine times out of ten, not all teenage girls, but most teenage girls would go to the ends of the earth to prove that their, their love for their crush was real. Yeah. And I, I wonder if this isn't a, a, a part of, you know, the gender abuse, where boys just weren't. They weren't given the feelings. They weren't given the validation for their feelings the same way a girl was.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's true. We weren't. Um,
0: Your feelings were only real if a girl reciprocated them. Because that's basically what you said. Right. And that was the message that that they sent you.
1: Well, yeah. For my mom, it always seemed like, give me grandkids or give me death. But, um, anyway, uh... So, I think that people have, unless their parents were particularly abusive, uh, a lot of people have the memory of their parents as, when you're a kid, your parents are like superheroes. You know? They're the ones that you want around all the time. You wanted to be like one of your parents and whatever, you know? Like, you found out about who they were.
0: Up until a certain age?
1: Yeah. But... Before that age, that that certain age, it was just joy when you saw your parents, or fear if they were abusive. (laughs) And I don't remember. Or both sometimes. I don't remember any of that. Like I I know I don't remember my dad being my hero or thinking like I want to be as strong or as big or as smart or as anything as my dad.
0: I wonder, and and I hope you don't mind me outing this, but I wonder if that has to do with being adopted.
1: Oh, I don't mind that. Yeah, hi uh, viewers, listeners, whatever. I'm, I'm also an adopted person. But um, yeah, it could be, but that's so hard to determine, you know. Yeah, like, I know.
0: It's, it's it's like neglect.
1: It's something that happened <laughs> before my mentality turned on. You
0: know. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Yep.
1: So it's it's hard to know what the effects of that kind of stuff is.
0: I also wanna wanna make sure that I stay here like people can do abusive things and they can actually be abusers and my favorite thing that I that nobody seems to agree with or hardly anybody seems to agree with is that people can change. I don't advocate that the abuse victim should stay with an abuser based on that information, but I do believe as a society it behooves us to prevent future victims to acknowledge that abusers can change and to work towards fixing that and not all abusive people need all that much of a push like your your parents i don't know that they're abusive now
1: Though that nearly is neglectful because my sister needed more attention like my my, but i know that you said that I needed, I needed the attention to, but I mean from society's perspective.
0: Right, yeah. From
1: society's perspective. Well, between
0: you and society, there wasn't an impetus yes. pushing them to, to give that right. attention.
1: And But my, my sister struggled in class and, and yeah. in social situa- situations, and even just physically. There were physical situations that my sister had to go through as well. So, like, and, you know, several years between us. So, there was a lot of things that made it to where like they had to kind of pay a lot more of attention to it and they still failed in certain ways yeah. I, I don't blame them I, I love my parents but like and we all fail in certain ways none of us are going to be perfect parents but like yeah it i think they changed
0: and i think that's really the difficulty with abusive parents particularly because no matter what they do they're still your parents
1: but we turned <laughs> we turned the episode on abuse into, like, you know, abuse towards kids.
0: Yeah, I didn't mean to.
1: But, you know, we couldn't talk about every aspect of abuse. But I'm going to reiterate one more time. If you feel like you're in an abusive situation, if you feel like a partner, a loved one, a family member, a, a boss is... Is taking advantage of you and abusing you in ways that it that is destroying your autonomy and you can't get out of it please seek help there's those freaking lines for a reason abuse victims can get assistance not everywhere but in, if you're in a place that you can please get, please do what you can to get that assistance you don't deserve it
0: right I I'll, know I'll, I'll put those things in the, in the description different links
1: yeah <clears throat> uh i'm kind of <laughs> i think i'm spent
0: well before we go there was I, there was something that you and i had talked about yesterday that that maybe, just enough energy for you to stick around um okay where you had mentioned that oh what was it that When somebody says something that feels to me like they are intentionally trying to remove my autonomy, I get triggered. Yes. And I think, I mean, that's got to be a function of abuse. Hmm. That is, hands down, one of the many myriad signs and symptoms of having been abused. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. I I mean, i got to overcome that at some point because it's not doing me any favors now. But that kind of reactivity, um, I think some people live with it and don't realize what it is. They just think, oh, well, that's just me. That's just how I am. But your actions aren't you. Your responses aren't you. Nope those are things that your brain has determined are the best thing to do in a situation based on your experiences and your knowledge and your skills to some extent sure but that's not who you are and they those things can change Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so you know conversely even if people aren't in a situation where they're being abused if you have If you have overreactive moments and i don't mean that to diminish your feelings in those moments because i know how how that can feel right but but that you can look back at and and after the emotion has passed think wow that was more than was really necessary for what happened
1: or if you feel embarrassed by your previous actions right like, i could have done this differently
0: that might be a sign that you have been abused and have symptoms of that abuse uh co- called complex ptsd mm. or cptsd for short and and that's worth looking into and i mentioned this because it's not guaranteed but if you have CPTSD, you are vulnerable to becoming abusive to others based on those triggers. Those triggers that cause that that excessive response can start to become abusive towards other people. Absolutely. And I don't as, as a person who has been abused and has been abusive abusive myself, I don't believe people in that situation ever really want to become the bad guy they just end up in that and don't know how to get out
1: right they're really at the end of the day just trying to protect themselves right or uh, sometimes even protect other people from themselves I recently got into some conflict with a person that was triggered by people telling them that they were being emo- emotionally manipulative
0: right yeah. and it's
1: like you can't say that your trigger is someone calling you emotionally manipulative because that means that no one's allowed to say you're emotionally manipulative, which is right. highly abusive.
0: But that could stem from somebody using that term against them in the past.
1: It absolutely was. And that is was.
0: definitely a CPTSD sort of thing where, exactly. like, you need to get help and, and, and heal that. Otherwise, it's very likely that someone's going to come along and you're just going to get into, like, this rut of responding to a specific scenario with abusive behaviors. Because the the, the reason why this happens is because there's a thing called abusive self-defense.
1: Mm.
0: Where victims will respond to their abusers with the same abuse that has been done onto them. Fighting fire with fire. Sure. And all the resources for victims teach you, you know, don't feel bad about do, using abusive self-defense because that's, you were a victim and that was something that you needed to do to cope with it. But what they don't tend to do is make that extra step and say, once you're out of the situation of with that abuser, you need to learn how to not use those. Right. Those were useful in the situation where you were coping with an abusive situation, an abusive person that may have been doing you real damage. But once you get out of that, you need to stop doing those. You need to find the ways to, to cope with reality and the world. And the world has abusive people. Yeah. And the world has abusive behaviors in regular people. Everybody, everybody has abused somebody in a moment. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is an abuser, because abusers are people who regularly go back to and get worse with their abusive behaviors. Okay. To deal with life. But everybody has abusive behaviors, and so if you have a response to abuse by being abusive, you are really in danger of becoming an abuser yourself, right. eventually.
1: Exactly. Yep, <clears throat> I understand. I agree. How are you feeling, <laughs> Tam?
0: I'm. I'm feeling pretty okay. You. You look exhausted. My God, am I? Um, I feel energized. This is. This is like. This is like the big one. I could talk about this all day.
1: Well, this is one of the this is one of the topics that you would like your life to address. I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know how, but
1: we'll get there eventually.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, this was probably only going to be the first of probably many talking about different forms of abuse and uh, vulnerability. I don't know if we necessarily talked much about vulnerability within this episode <laughs> about abuse. That's fair. Um. <clears throat> And I don't think I'm gonna try and shoehorn some vulnerability speak here at the end. No. Abuse is a big, heavy subject, it and is. so we uh, we did the best we could to initially address it. Um, feel free to add or subtract whatever you wish in the comments below if you'd like.
0: I um, hope you don't hate us after all of the things that we've said.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we'll be fine. Uh, anything else?
0: No, I think we're good.
1: <clears throat> okay. Well, thank you very much for being here. Dear and sweet listener, we very much appreciate your presence and time and attention. Um, I'm eternally mortal, and I hope you find smiles this day. And,
0: excuse me. And I'm the accidental monster. You can find us both on medium.com. Um, or you can go to tomonsteralley.com and you can find the Discord stuff there. I'll put the links in the description. And uh, until next time, follow yourself always.